Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, April 11th, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, Mercury is retrograde now until May 3rd, so you can do an Internet search or look on our site on the headline news page to learn what you should or shouldn't do during these next three weeks. Our May Pleiadian lineup Starseed Quest is tentatively full, but there may be one more spot, so you might still be able to get there. This Starseed Gathering is a soul family reunion in Arkansas, and eligibility requires having at least one star marking at galactic degree, which is 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a new four-day event redesigned to bring all starseeds to their next level of activation in the most powerful crystal energy on the planet. If you feel the call of the crystals and a desire to reunite with your starseed family, your name just might be on that spot for our Pleiadian lineup gathering, which is May 19th through the 22nd, and write to crystals, that's plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com for more information. Our guest this evening is Lynn Singer, who was born with a special voice and an ear for spoken language. For over 30 years, she has helped people find their voice. She taught acting, speech, and voice at Yale, NYU, the New School, Circle in the Square, the Actors and Directors Lab, the Gene Frankel Theater, and at the T. Schreiber Studio in New York City. She works with a wide range of clients from Tony, Emmy, Golden Globe, Pulitzer Prize, and Fulbright winners to Fortune 500 companies and top business and management executives. Lynn has created a new kind of learning experience with her interactive creation, Breaking into Brilliance, an awakening of creative consciousness, which is more than a book to help us release out of old beliefs and ideas and activate our creative powers. We know that everyone is capable of brilliance. However, learning to live in our brilliance is quite another matter. Interactive and multisensorial, Breaking into Brilliance is an electronic book experience that takes the process of self-investigation to a whole new level. Animated with Lynn's personal artwork and narrated by the author, it draws the reader more deeply into the content and offers an integrated electronic journal. You can check out her websites, breakingintobrilliance.com and Lynn, L-Y-N-N, dash Singer, S-I-N-G-E-R, dot com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream news. And we'd like to thank Fiona and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who has a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices so you know what's coming up. 
The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please keep in mind if you want an interpretation of that chart, you need to order it about two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before the 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So, first up this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Well, good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. Great to be with you. Well, we have a a forecast for the sun. They're telling us that a hole in the sun's atmosphere, the same one that sprayed Earth with solar wind in late March, is due to return next week. NOAA forecasters say there's a chance of G1-class geomagnetic storms on April 22nd, intensifying to G2 storms on April 23rd, and that's in response to a repeat encounter with the solar wind stream. And speaking of April 22nd, well, the annual Lyrid meteor meteor shower is active each year from about April 16th through the 25th. And in 2017, this year, the peak of this shower, which tends to come in a burst and usually lasts for less than a day, is expected to fall on the morning of April 22nd. Since there will be little or no interference with seeing these meteors from the slender waning crescent moon, it won't brighten the sky up too much. They say the greatest number of meteors usually fall during the first few hours before dawn. So mark that on your calendar, the 22nd of this month. And there's been nearly 1,000 people evacuated as volcanic activity is increasing in East Indonesia. Authorities are now preparing to evacuate nearly 1,000 people living, living in the dangerous zones as Banda Api Volcano in Malukuku, province in eastern Indonesia, has turned more active, according to officials. Mount Bandi Api in Malukuku uh, district has issued several tremors in the past few days, forcing authorities to ban any activity near the crater. They are telling everyone to steer clear. And they've had a, a tremendous hailstone in China. They're calling it ferocious, ferocious hailstorm and heavy wind battering the city of Guyang in southwest China, causing scenes of chaos across the city last Wednesday. The downtown was seriously flooded by the deluge, with the precipitation level rising to about 12 inches in an hour. The dramatic hailstorm brought traffic to a standstill as huge hailstones pelted the city, with the largest having a diameter of about 7 inches. Wow. I mean, you wouldn't want to be out in that. That would knock you out flat, I'm telling you. Well, we've had also uh, some earthquakes in the past week. We had a magnitude 5.0 that hit north of uh, Albania, uh, north of Albania's capital, excuse me. It struck the town of Reshvan, and that was according to the European uh, Seismological Center. They said that uh, it uh, big tremor lasted about 30 seconds, upset people a great deal. 5.0 isn't that bad, but, you know, I suppose that if you're not used to it, you know, be pretty shocking. Now, in Philippines, yeah. we had a 5.9 magnitude earthquake. 
that struck uh, near Talaga, south of Manila, in the Philippines, and that's according to the USGS. And then, again, uh, a 5.6 magnitude earthquake happened in the waters near Samar Island in the central Philippines. So the Philippines have been very active. On this last one, the 5.6, there were no damages or casualties reported, and no tsunami alert was issued. Well, now, here is an amazing story. I've got some wonderful stories to unite about creatures. <sighs> New research shows that octopuses and other cephalopods have a tremendous capacity to alter and edit their own genes, which yeah. scientists believe to be the reason behind their shocking intelligence and their ability to learn. Now, humans, of course, and dolphins and whales and pigs and crows, they're all well-known for being smart. They have larger centralized brains and a spinal cord that sends neural messages all throughout the body. And most of us know that worms and bivalves and snails, and none of these particular animals are known for their smarts, but their fellow mollusks, the tentacled cephalopods, are very different. Cuttlefish, squid, and particularly octopuses, are known for their exceptional intelligence. Now, an octopus brain has one-twentieth the amount of neurons of humans, but uh, it, their brains aren't centralized in their bodies. They aren't centralized. Their brains, octopus brains, are miniaturized, miniaturized brains that are located in the bases of their arms. Now, just think about that. Does that sound like alien life on another planet, but it's right here (laughs) on Earth? Is that awesome? I suggest any of you interested in this research, this, the article continues to talk about um, the intelligence of octopuses, and uh, it's just absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's just fascinating. It's rich. Uh, We had some, uh, (laughs) another story here about um, an animal, and so I'll just start out by telling you this. A couple of explorers were traipsing through a mine in the hills of Baja, California, and they discovered something that they thought was akin to gold. Not real gold, but to them it seemed to be. Skittering across the abandoned mine shaft was a critter creature that would send most of us running as fast as we could to get outside. Well, these two explorers were entomologists, and they did just the opposite. They ran toward the creature and they caught it. What was it? Can anybody guess? <laughs> it was a whopper of a spider the size of a baseball, and they captured it for analysis. Well, this spider had big fangs, a hairy yellow abdomen, and langly legs. They thought it was a beauty, but they could not classify it. Never seen anything like it before. Well, back in their lab at the San Diego Natural History Museum, the researchers had a scientific epiphany. After they corroborated with another Mexican etymologist and spider experts, the scientists were able to confirm that they had discovered a brand new, heretofore undiscovered species and genus. And they've named it, see if I can say this, you guys, Californectus calahilnensis, after the Sierra Calahilus, oh, come on, I I just murdered that word, (laughs) Calahilus mountain range, where it was first found. So a brand-new discovery of a brand-new spider, never before discovered, the size of a baseball. Well, now, I'll tell you, folks, I've been in Florida, and I have seen tarantulas bigger than a baseball. Have you guys ever seen a spider the size bigger, of a I, plate? Yeah. 
<laughs> See some whoppers. I have, and let me tell you what, it sent me climbing someone's frame. <laughs> it, so, I mean, you might be impressed by a spider the size of a baseball, but I've seen them the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> and that is quite the fright, let me tell you. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, things that have never been discovered on this planet we're finding now. And then I thought about this story, and I felt kind of sorry for the spider that they captured. But, you know, they say it's all in the name of science. That's the way science is. But there it is. They're very proud of themselves. I'm sure they'll get uh, papers written about that. Big, big accomplishment for them. Well, here's a, uh, a story uh, from, the, from our kind of medical and science department. Um, Mayo Clinic has released a new study that is confirming the importance of another doctor's opinion. You know, most people maybe don't think they should look for a second opinion, but listen to this. This new study, which was published late last week, states that 88% of those who came to the Mayo Clinic go home with a new or different diagnosis than they were given initially. The new or different diagnosis changed their plan for care and potentially their lives. The study says that only 12% of patients receive confirmation that the original diagnosis was correct or complete. Now think about that. Pause. I'm giving you a pause. Think about that. Yeah. The Mayo study was based on the records of 286 patients who visited the internal medicine division over a two-year period. In each case, the patient's referring diagnosis was compared to the final diagnosis to determine any inconsistencies or errors. In 21% of the cases, the diagnosis was changed completely. In 66% of the cases, the diagnosis was modified or refined. What are we to learn from that? Get a second opinion, and who knows, maybe a third. Just think about that for a minute. As I look back at all the people I've known in my life who have had a diagnosis, a serious diagnosis, who plunged into surgery or treatments without getting a second opinion, it certainly makes one wonder, and I can tell you, it's really wise to get a second opinion. Well, here's kind of a scary story. Uh, Gee, you know, this is like some sci-fi movie from the 50s or something. Japanese scientists are planning to use giant undersea drills to drill into Earth's mantle. Earth's mantle is too much to resist for a team of Japanese scientists who plan to be the first to reach it. Now, wait a minute, folks. I mean, they don't own the planet. It's our planet. It's everybody's planet. They're going to go drilling down into the mantle. Well, anyway, the team is going to use a giant drill to reach the molten rock located nearly four miles beneath the planet's surface. Now, Japan's Agency for Marine Earth Science and Technology are undertaking this massive project that will drop a drill into the ocean before drilling through the planet's crust to reach the destination of the mantle. Makes one wonder about... I don't know, worldwide oversight of such activity. You think? What do you think about that, Ariel? A country just decides I, to oh, do this. I like, why? Just to be the I mean, first you know, to do it? Because they can, because they're, they're curious. Uh, one yeah, of the how is it going to benefit? Made, well, yeah, what's the purpose? And how is what it going to benefit happen? mankind? Let's discuss what maybe some of the disadvantages of that might be, known and unknown <laughs> yeah. or otherwise uh, speculative. Uh, one of the researchers mentioned that he was excited because somehow... I don't know how I knew this, but he said the rock down there is a pretty green. I don't know how I knew that, but 
oh, well, let's just go find some pretty green rocks, and we're just going to drill right down into the molten core of the planet, and oh, boy. Anyway, that's, that's what they're planning to do. Well, speaking of a 1950s sci-fi movie, how about this? A sci-fi staple for decades, uh, laser weapons are featured in sci-fi films like Star Wars, lightsabers. Everybody remember those? The Jedi mm-hmm. used the lightsabers. Well, now that's finally becoming a ra- reality in the U.S. military. Now, they say that the capabilities are a little less dramatic than at the movies and probably a little less mm, interesting, maybe a little bit more sinister. Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and Raytheon, uh, all the big defense players, are developing prototypes now for the Pentagon. Now, the Navy has, since 2014, been testing a 30-kilowatt laser on one of its warships, the USS Ponce. And Lockheed Martin has just announced a 60-kilowatt laser weapon that soon will be installed on an Army truck for operational testing against mortars and small drones. Now, the weapon can take out a drone from a distance of about 500 yards by keeping its beam locked onto the target, and the laser beam is invisible to the naked eye. So there you have it. Um, Wow. Well, here is a fascinating story, and I find it to be very joyful, provocative and wondrous and magical. It's about bees and tiny little bee brains. Now, researchers at Queen Mary University of London trained a group of buff-tailed bumblebees to get little balls to go into goals. It's a soccer-like game in exchange for sweet treats. They taught these bumblebees how to play a little game Wow! and rewarded them with sweets. Now, they're telling us in this article that this is not the first time that bees have flexed mental muscle in the laboratory. In addition to learning games, bees can also recognize human faces in photographs, count to four, and solve computer science famous traveling salesman problem. I don't know what that is. Does anybody out there know what that is? But I never heard of that. The article one. <laughs> says not me either. I should have looked that up. No time. But anyway, the article says that all too often people will assume that because a bee's brain is little, which it undoubtedly is, they said it's no bigger than a pinhead, that it might therefore be simple or not complex, and that therefore bees can't have any intelligence. But here's the deal. While bees pack just a million neurons into their tiny brains, each one of these neurons is as complex in structure as a fully grown oak tree. Wow. Now, you know, we, we, isn't that like human beings? We count the number of neurons and we say, well, I've got more neurons than you do, therefore I'm smarter, without thinking that maybe the one with the less neurons has the more complex neuron, thereby enabling higher intelligence. <laughs> yeah. What's more, B neurons are extraordinarily networked. A single one of the B nerve cells, the neurons, might make contact with perhaps 10,000 or 100,000 other cells in that same brain. They say a bee's brain is a long way from a simple brain. In fact, they're finding out that bees are far more intelligent than anyone would have ever imagined. And even though a human brain has 85 billion neurons, there's nothing to say that our type of intelligence is the supreme kind of intelligence, is there? Just as there's different types of emotional intelligence, different ways to grade intelligence, 
who's to say that a bee's intelligence is less than ours? But certainly, when you can train them to play games, wow, they can recognize human faces, amazing stuff. Well, there's a report out from Canada stating that uh, in 2016, seven First Nations in Canada reported uh, UFO sightings by quite a bit. Um, This is a Winnipeg-based study. Um, uh, They called uh, it's called Ufology Research, and uh, First Nations all around Canada reported sightings last year. In fact. Uh, they said that there were 1,131 UFO reports from the First Nations across Canada. And that's something. Most of the sightings were uh, reported in Ontario and Quebec, and they said that uh, there's all kinds of details about these, bright lights remaining in one area, moving up and down vertically, uh, bright lights moving very fast before disappearing, and so on and so forth. So this study's just come out, if you're interested in it, Google Canadian UFO Survey, okay, 2016 Canadian UFO Survey, and find out more about that. And right now going on in Florida, our last story for tonight is about wildfires. Uh, More than 100 active wildfires are burning across the state of Florida right now. Uh, 27 of them are scorching more than 100 acres each. And so it is in Tampa Bay. They say firefighters spent yesterday battling brush fires that flared up in in Hernando County. A fast-moving grass fire in St. Petersburg shut down the Interstate 275 interchange. And just as rush hour started, it tied up traffic for hours. And since February, wildfires have swept across 68,000 acres of Florida. Oh. And they say that's already more than the average acreage burned over the last five years. So they're losing a lot of vegetation right now with wildfires in Florida. Well, and that's going to be it for tonight's news, for this week's news. I'll be happy to be back again with you next week. And from my heart to yours, each and every one of you, much love, much love and peace. You all have a beautiful week. And I'm looking forward to tonight's show, Ariel. It's going to be a good one. Well, as are we. It sure will be. And thank you so much, Anastasia. You do such a great job with the news. We really appreciate it. And we will uh, talk to you next week. Okay. So now I am going to um, go down the switchboard here. Where Lavender? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Okay. And, um, and our special guest, Lynn Singer. Let me get your mic open. Okay, Lynn, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you with us this evening. I am just flabbergasted at your news, <laughs> at your weather reports, at all of it. And um, I want to know a bee that can see my face, you know. I mean, I am just astonished by it. It's wonderful. Why don't we continue with the news for a while? <laughs> I really was just so taken with everything Anastasia was, I mean, it was just amazing. Of course, some of it's not wonderful to hear, like all these fires in Florida is very hard and but the the animal the animal the creatures that in particular was very exciting yeah thank you uh, yeah anastasia she does a great job, and uh you know there's there's a lot of good news out there that that just doesn't get reported on the mainstream, so yes. that's where that's where she yes. comes in. 
I so, mean, once yeah, in a while, they they will throw us a tibbet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like a dog, you know, yeah. throw a bone to the dogs, right? Right. Well, I'm very happy to be. When we point out areas in the world that are having problems and, you know, uh, trauma and things like that, this is where our audience just sends the, the healing energy, send the light and the love and right. um, in support. But we need to know, you know, what's going on in the world in order to um, assist. So, right. um, Lavendar, you, you, you with us? I'm here. Okay, great. Well, Lavendar is <laughs> going to uh, lead it off for us. So uh, take it away. Well, before before I uh, talk to Lynn, there's something I'd like to uh, tell our Starseed audience. I okay. was watching uh, 60 Minutes on Sunday, and I recorded it. I'm glad I did because I'm going to go back and, and see it several times now. There was a... Um, a segment called Brain Hacking, and it was about a a man who worked um, for Google for, I guess, three years, and he's come out with the information that we all need to know about how the um, technology is interfacing with our brains and how it's making us addictive to telephones, to technology, and to whatever they want to move us with. No. For those of you that can um, get um, TV on demand, go back to 60 Minutes on Sunday, or maybe maybe you can find it on YouTube, and it's called Brain Hacking. This was probably one of the most um, explosive things that I've heard lately about about tele about cell, especially the smartphones, the smartphones. Well, it's very clear. I mean, we're all very addictive. I know I'm quite addictive to it. But how is it that they are able to get the brains to go where they want us to go? How can they do that? Well, that's that's why you need to see this program. It shows you exactly how they do it. Well, I think that we might have to get rid of our our iPhones, right? That might be the first thing that needs to go. Or, I don't even own one. <laughs> there you go. No, I don't. I, I chose not to have one go. sometimes. I only have a a little track phone when I when I travel in the car. So there you go. I don't thank you. Phone. Thank yeah, you. I I just chose not to go that direction some time ago. So hello, Lynn. I'm so excited that you're on our show, and I love your voice. Your Thank voice, you I so much. I can listen to your voice and just go to sleep with it. Well, you know, I have tapes out, and like I, I had a lot of voice tapes out, and when people wouldn't do the work for their voice, they used it to go to sleep. So, right, I can tell. You've you know. got the voice that can get right in there, and you can just relax with it and get all the information. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, well, yeah, hopefully that's what would happen, right? Just yes. kind of goes in there while you're sleeping. Right. Well, I'm just... I'm tell really us a in bit about awe your background of this and how you came to be you. Okay, I just want to tell you that I loved if you didn't hear me say this, I loved listening to your weather report and your news. It was just amazing. It was amazing to do that. So we love Anastasia. She brings us new yeah. things every week that you won't hear anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I got that, boy. I really mm-hmm. got that. And it was just, I kept yelling in my apartment, what, what? And I was going, oh, I'm not on the air, am I? What? (laughs) It's fabulous. Okay, so my background is, well, I have many legs. I I have, um, I grew up in in, um, 
Connecticut, and I ran to California to go to school. I couldn't take the East much longer, and I needed new, you know, a new environment. And I really felt felt my watermark when I did that. And I've always been involved in literature and art and healing, and I had to heal. I had an incident um, when I was in my late 20s that just changed my brain forever. I became a different person in about 20 seconds. Just flew right through me. And so it opened up my creativity and it opened up everything that I needed to look at and deal with, you know, slowly, little by little, that started opening. So for the work that I've done, I started in the theater, I was designing, and then I was, after this incident, I was on stage six months later, and it was the most, acting is the most amazing thing one can do. It just demands of you to be present, if you can do it. A lot of people can't let themselves go there. A lot of my students could not go to the place that was going to really get them work or known. But if you can, it is so... Um, cleansing. You just feel like you're in the center of the universe. It's quite an amazing and wonderful place to be. That brought me to voiceovers. Voice, my voice let my voice has always led the way, and I did a, a lot of recording work and um, a lot of artwork. And I I was teaching all through this and was teaching at Yale one of the studios at NYU, teaching privately, giving workshops, and working in many countries with workshops and many cities here. So I've done a lot of work with all of this. My photography was always my um, hobby, but when the, the advertising agencies began to shift and voiceover shifted dramatically in the late 90s, so I began to show my photographs, and most of them were of Greece. The ones I wanted to bring to the world were the sacred sites of Greece and also of the island of Santorini, where I have been many times. So I ended up working with the Greek government on a second show and then for the Olympics, the Greek Olympics. And... Um, It's my spirit home, so it's a wonderful thing to do, and it was wonderful to promote it in this way. And Athena is around me a lot, you know. I've been at the Parthenon many, many, many times and have felt her energy very strongly. And now all of this came together with the healing work, therapy work, spirit work, art work, in breaking into brilliance. It came through a... My dearest friend in Israel, I was told astrologically that my vision comes out in Israel. And there was my best friend in Tel Aviv having a dream that I published a book, a big book. And I took her up on that. I mean, she's got an amazing quality, is very deep spirit, and has a big third eye. So I went to Israel to talk to her about what it was that this book was about. It's like, what do you do? You know, of course you would, why not? And so it got clear that it was about art and transformation and communication. And I came back and began to paste things into a big art book and to write and write and write and write. And all of this took nine years for it to get into a form 
one of my students who became a good friend, he saw the structure, something I could not see. He saw the chapters, what I call attractions from unconsciousness to freedom. I always knew that I wanted it to be interactive. Didn't quite know what that meant. I thought I could bring in videos and films and all sorts of things, but was told quickly that it would take a year to open the book, if that were true. But I knew I should voice it. I knew that the um, it needed to be animated, and I knew there needed to be sound effects. And so all of this, I gathered a team. I gathered a wonderful team to help me do all of this. And it's just been quite a journey. And now it's in the world, and now the work is to get it deep into the world. So here I am, breaking into brilliance. So let me ask you, you say it's a multidimensional book. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it like a holograph? Oh, that would be wonderful. But it, no, it is not a hologram. No. That is actually it. what multidimensional... I, I think multidimensional was multisensorial. It is animated i've voiced it and it's interactive there is every two pages you click on a little golden key and it opens up to a workbook so that would be the next thing the next layer the next generation would be a hologram thank you but no (laughs) there is no hologram this generation so it's more it's multisensorial is probably a better word so so what are the big ideas of breaking into brilliance, and what do you mean by creative consciousness? The big ideas um, are that the big idea is that in my experience, in my teaching, very few people go to the place where they can really own their genius. I've had maybe two, three thousand students doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot, and very few, 1%, 2%, even with the Yaleys who are groomed for success, um, actually hold who they are in their work that is going to b- bring them into the world in a way that's really, really satisfying to them. And that's what the book is attempting to do, to help people peel the layers from themselves that are standing in the way of who they really are. Creative consciousness is creative consciousness to me is that we are all every second of the day creating our reality and everything around us and everything is a hologram and we're doing it and to become more and more aware of our of the vast creativity that we have in us which I think would help us to save the world, actually. I think the more people involved in art, in the direct sense of their own, or not art necessarily, but the direct sense of their own creativity and creative ability would calm things down in the world tremendously. I've seen it. I've seen people just be awed by their own work when they touch themselves in a powerful, deep place. They just are. It just stops them completely. And they are looking out of different eyes. That sounds 
wonderful. And it makes me think of the time that I lived up in Cripple Creek, Colorado, in an A-frame cabin set in 9,740 feet up in the air, and I was in contact with some higher beings, and they told me to, to write a statement down. And the statement was, you are what you're conscious of. And then they said, now make it at least 20 copies of that and paste it up all over your house. And I said, well, why? He said, well, you just need to, to sit and look at it very often. So I did that, and it took me, oh, I don't know, a couple of months, and then one day, one day it hit me exactly what they meant. You are what you're conscious of. It was wow. such a, it's such a um, simple How? statement, and yet when you really wow. take it right. layer by layer into the depths of it, right. it's like you can do anything that you think you can do if you right. have the nerve to do it. Right, and that's part of it too, that courage. You know, I really tried to instill that kind of courage in my students, that that that's a big piece of it. They're scared. But I think people are scared to feel the power they have. And well, don't also, you think that sometimes people don't want to take their power because of responsibility? I was they just going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> they have to, if you say, no, you're responsible for your life, they go, oh, no, 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 it's all predestined. Oh, no, no, it's all here, it's all there. It's because of my father and my mother. And it's like, no, you're responsible. And it's it's very scary because we haven't been, you know, our schooling is is to teach us to go out into the workforce. It doesn't teach us who we are. They're not looking for that. That would be a revolution, right? Well, I think we're sitting on a revolution right now. So. Oh, well, we are. We're definitely we're sitting on a, an evolutionary revolution, and we probably are getting one very soon in this country. Absolutely. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I believe that when everything falls down, it'll be us star seeds that bring the new blueprints to the planet. Yes, I agree with you. I agree. Talk to me more about the star seeds. <laughs> well, star seeds have been coming to the planet for a very long time, but what I found about 2012 was that, you know, we were looking at that Mayan calendar wondering what was going to go on. Right. And nothing really was that dramatic except what I started seeing right after December 20th of 2012 when the sun was 26 Sagittarius and opened up galactic center. It seemed that the star seeds on the planet were waking up, were moving about. It was like somebody was jerking the Band-Aid off of their third eye, and they, and then they started trying to find one another. So <laughs> been doing for several years now on our uh, radio show is uh, introducing to the public a lot of our starseed counselors, people with books, people with uh, uh, energies that are in alignment with mm-hmm. starseeds. You know, on our website, we say we're not for everyone. We, we are for a particular right. kind of person that believes right. they came here from the stars and that they're here to help evolve the planet and its people. And wow. so um, because of all the work that other starseeds have done, uh, years before I ever came to the planet, um, and now we're picking it up and taking it further. And now we're probably one of the best-kept secrets on the planet. No one's really looking at us right now, and I'm really glad. I don't want them looking at us right now. <laughs> it's like we'll be the ones coming up when everything falls down. So, okay, so the star seeds are planted from many different galaxies. Yes. Yeah. And so... Um, so do you think this also, 
you know, when I, I there are some I I work with some people that are in their early twenties, and they feel like the indigo children, you know, or the uh, actually one felt like a crystal child. There was no anger in this person, and so you would call the indigos the star seeds. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, in that's fact, what I when I started to. having training with the ETs, they told me that I had to keep my mouth shut for 25 years about all the high strangeness that I was to write about and put in a bank vault. Now, telling a Sagittarian to keep her mouth shut. Oh, exactly, <laughs> and you're talking to another Sagittarian. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> so I did put those um, um, stories so, in the bank vault, and I am getting ready to release them. Wow, I, I them and so where there. were they from, these ETs? Um, well, the ship that I work with is called the Starship Bethlehem, and if you were to see it, it'd be 27 miles long, 7 wow. miles across, 3.5 wow. miles high, and 33 different species resides aboard the ship. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Whoa. But we're not here to talk about me. Let's talk about Well, you. I don't know. I think this is far more interesting. <laughs> No, I know, but everybody's listening has already heard my story. They haven't yes, heard your okay. story. Well, I have not been on a starship, but I yeah. have worked. No, I have not. Not that I know of anyways. Maybe I have in my dreams. How about and, how about when you changed, that dramatic change that happened to you? What? How old were you when that happened? I was 26 years old, and it ha- I had a psychotic incident. I had a psychotic incident on acid, and I opened up into a whole. I opened up to a different person, and it was terrifying. And it took me a long time to integrate who I really was. And all the way through that, I was teaching, I was acting, I was doing voiceovers. I was. I'm in New York, and I was running to New Haven back and forth, and. I knew that I would integrate it. I knew this. And that as part of my will, I guess, or my perseverance. But a very lovely man, doctor, when I when this was all happening and I finally got to a doctor, he said to me, you've got to learn to live with this. You are, you know, manic depressive. You are a hybrid manic depressive. And I looked at him thinking, I'm not going to learn to live with anything. I am going to heal this. (laughs) And I didn't say that out loud. I did say it, I think, to him later. But I thought, "Um, nope, nope, nope. I'm 26 years old. I'm not going to learn to live with anything. And I did. I mean, I have done anything. and And, you know, and I can say this for the audience, that it really is a matter of will, perseverance, and getting on the road and just looking straightforward and saying this is what has to be because if we are creating our reality then that's what we're creating and I began to I was working with this particular doctor and I was on drugs for a little bit and then I got off of them because they were making me worse in some ways of course and one of my students came to me her name was also Lynn and she had her tongue was like like this it was really caught and she had been at a very um excellent acting school in london and they wanted to cut underneath her tongue and she didn't let them the week after 
I was working with her, and I was actually doing a show with her as well. She came back, and her tongue was free, and I said, what did you do? She said, I went into bioenergetic therapy, and I called that person that night, and I changed my doctors. And the interesting thing about this is there's a book out on Archangel Gabriel by Ron Baker, I think is the name of the man that wrote it. And in the back of the book, Gabriel, who I have a lot of contact with and I'm always asking for information from, Gabriel gives all of these exercises on how to break down the barriers that are in our body. And it, they are very similar to the bioenergetic exercises. So that's very, that was very interesting to me, to see where the worlds met like that, you know. And I did a tremendous, I have constantly, I mean, my second, my third job, teaching and art and healing, my third job, I am always with alternate practitioners to keep the, um, not just to heal it, but to rejuvenate, you know, to just move the energy so that it doesn't get clogged. And I've been doing this my whole life. And it was, and it is, just an amazing journey to be working with the alternate healers. I just love doing this. I'm very, that's an addiction for me. But it's it a sounds very, like it's your natural state and your yeah, rites of it, passage. You know, when you have a natural state and rites of passage and they align with your true destiny? Right. Well, there right. you have it. That's right. It is. It's a very, and I bring it to my teaching. I bring all of this to my teaching and I send them to different people to work with them to open up the, the blocks that are in them and that's that's what I became sort of known for that I wasn't frightened of the emotional blocks and people in my class and one woman in particular she would stop a scene and go I can't do this anymore I can't do this she was so frightened and she had such she has a big talent and a beauty a huge head of hair and she's just a beauty and so I would say to her go up upstage left and start screaming. And she would. I say, anybody who wants to, wants to uh, join her just wants to scream their head off. They're just so nervous about what we're doing here. Just stamp around and yell and just get all of that, that excess energy that is so, that, that binds you. And she would get finished and she would come back and she would do her work. It was really incredible to see how that helped people so much and helped people own themselves to see what stood between themselves and what they want and that's what the work is about in the book too so so what you're saying is is what clouds people's brilliance right exactly their fears well it's their fears how we've been brought up how we've been educated the society we're living in you know the consciousness that we that we get we get just walking around and being in this world just interferes. You know, one of the things that I have discovered recently about my clients is that a lot of people want to go to their parents or their friends and ask them advice about what they think they should be doing with their life. So I'm saying to my clients, I'm saying, how can you possibly ask them anything? They don't know who you are. They exactly. don't know why you're on the planet. 
They don't know your natural state, your rites of passage, and what you've done in other lifetimes, the masterships that you hold. So why would you go and ask them anything? Yeah, I know, but, we're, you know, I, I totally agree with this. And I have to, I have to bite my lip a lot when, you know, I hear this from people I'm working with. So I totally agree with it. I mean, that's part of the reason why I left Connecticut and just headed west. I just had to find something else because I remember looking around when I was three, four years old and saying, these people don't know anything. (laughs) They can't help me. I was like three, four, five years old. And if this is marriage, I'm never getting married. (laughs) I was, you know, it was, it's kind of terrible, but I knew it because they were so crazy. They were running around in circles. And so, yeah. That's wonderful that you tell them that. I love that. Yeah. Every, in fact, it's it's been with practically every client now because I realize that most people are giving their power away to other people. Exactly. And, and not only that, I'm finding that whatever their friends are doing, they want to jump on and do it too. So I'm saying to them, find out what has your name on it. If it doesn't have right. your name on it, let this cup pass your lips. Right, right. And also get new friends. You know, <laughs> find a new society. You know. So, what do you hope to accomplish with this book that you've written? Well, you know, change the world. Of course, that's just a minor answer, right? I want, I want people to, to just what we are speaking about, to look to themselves, to help to break down, to unglue, to remove the barriers that are keeping them from who they really are what they've learned, what they've come, exactly what they've come here to do and to do it, to not be afraid to move forward and do it and not hold these these cloaks around them. And I loved how you said, you just said the mastery that they've brought in from other lives, from who, of who they are. And that is something I think most people haven't a clue about. Yeah that they do have a mastery in them. And I I remember reading in terms of this time of our evolutionary leap here that we, we had to choose to be here and we had to be chosen. And it's such an extraordinary, I mean, you know, every other day, not every other day, every other week, I will say, beam me up. I can't take it for a minute more, but, but it is an extraordinary time. And we couldn't be here without having done a lot of work behind us. Well, don't you think they beam you up at night and then they bring you back and you just don't remember where you've been? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> it's called I human do. by day, E.T. by night. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens with dreams? You know, dreams are a big part of what I use. I'm very good about looking at dreams and trying to decipher them and seeing layers in the dreams so how does that how do dreams how can we use the dream i have had some a couple of lucid dreams and i actually want to study to have more lucid dreams and i think they're that's a remarkable state but how does the the dream state and the use of the dream state inter interact or interface with where we are taken in our sleep I think it depends on the on the level of of uh, spiritual advancement. 
how mm-hmm. dreams work because I know the ETs, what they'll do is they'll bring you up and then they'll put a dream sequence in you, which isn't true at all. It's just something that you'll get to think about because then you won't remember what just happened. So they do a lot of that. So um, I'm more familiar with dream sequencing than I am with, with the other part. <laughs> I don't know I, what you mean by dream sequencing. For almost 30 years. You, I'm, I miss that. Something interfered with the... I didn't hear some of that. Well, okay. Say say you are say you're abducted by an ET and taken aboard a ship, and say they um, do an experiment on you, or maybe they take your eggs, or or no ma- several different things can happen. But they don't really want you to remember what just happened. So what they'll do is they'll give you a a a dream sequence. They will plant a dream in your mind. You'll go back to your bed. You'll wake up and go, oh, I had the loveliest dream about about this mountain and about these people, and they were so lovely and they had beautiful animals, you know, just on and on and on and had nothing to do with what just happened. Mm, so in other words, and they, they're doing this with everybody? Not with everybody, but I would say that most of the people, they take aboard ship, and uh, if the person is fearful or not ready to handle what's happening, They'll give them a dream sequence. Wow, but people are coming. People come back from. I mean, I've watched Ancient Aliens and these shows that a lot of people come back with. They're just in terror after they remember what some happened. Some of them are. That's because they don't get the right dream sequence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Now sometimes wow. it works on them. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't think I want to go there. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I want to go up on those ships. Well, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't want my eggs. <laughs> I don't think I have too many eggs left. But um, so this sense, I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking about a dreams that are, that are. It's a more simplified understanding of it. You know, when we have, I, I know about my own dreams that that it's directly related to what kind of conflicts I'm in or right. if I'm in a conflict. And it seems they are very, very helpful because they lead us to new to new ways of thinking about things. So I'm always promoting people to try to remember them. And not many, not everybody is capable of doing that. And to me, that's always an indication of how blocked they are with their own creativity. Let, let me ask you something, Lynn. When you're, when you're on an airplane mm-hmm. and you're above co- the consciousness of the planet, mm-hmm. um, are you able to write your thoughts very clearly when you're up high in an airplane? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I like to sit over the wing because the wing is titanium, and titanium is a really strong element for me to work with when I'm in transmission. So I just oh wow yeah that makes sense that makes sense what I feel what I feel I love to fly I just feel this sense of freedom and also that I can do deep deep visualizations. Yeah. When I when I was with a very very rich man and I was living in Colorado I'd go out to the Colorado Springs Airport and I'd say where's your next plane going. And they'd tell me, and I'd get on it, and I'd fly around all day long, and then I'd come home. <laughs> but I'd that's, be riding the whole time aboard what, the airplane. That, oh my God, 
<laughs> Send me there. Oh my God, I would. That you know, I've heard Deepak Chopra has has written fifty books, and I was told by someone who's interviewed him that I know has interviewed him a lot that he writes them when he's traveling. So there it is, right? He writes yes. them on the on the airplane, and that makes total sense. <laughs> Wow, that's wonderful. So I'm, I'm looking at the time, and so I'd like to uh, pass you over to my co-host, Arielle. She has the switchboard. Would okay. you be willing to talk to people calling in and maybe wanting to comment or ask you a question? Sure, of course. This was, this was delightful, wonderful. And, and, Lynn, I would like to talk to you later uh, off, off of uh, our show. I'll call sure. you and we'll, we'll talk, okay? Let me just say that I just want to tell our, our listeners that they can get me at breakingintobrilliance.com. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you. So back to you, Arielle. Okay. okay. Oh, this is, just, this is just fascinating. I feel like, yeah, when, when you get a chance to talk to Lavender privately, there's going to be a lot of parallels. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah, that'll, that'll, be, uh, wow. that'll be very interesting. Well, I felt like I should start <laughs> interviewing her. That I was kind of like that's what I really want. Say okay, I want to take this further, and then I want to bring that information back to myself and to my teaching. I mean, breaking into brilliance is a teaching tool. So wow, that was really interesting. I loved it. So so, hello. So yeah, with with the with your book, um, it is designed to help people identify. Mm-hmm. What it is that's blocking them, exactly. and then take steps to get that clear. To is take that... steps to get that clear, and as they're getting it clearer and clearer, they're bringing the new thoughts to themselves, and they're bringing the the very last page is a birth, and so they're into a rebirth, so that they can hold where they are and who they are in a greater understanding of self, so that they have less. Fear of owning that the power of who they are, and to to go back to them. You know, I think when if there's a journal, there's a little golden key that opens to a journal, and I think the more you write, the more one writes in answering the questions I have, but just in general, write to save your life, write to invent your life, write to create your life. The more you do this, it's like in the artist's way, the morning papers, the more you understand who you are and the more you'll see more, you'll see clearly. I think writing and using it in this way is very powerful. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the spoken word has power. You know, in the beginning mm-hmm. there was the word. Mm-hmm. But then we when, are the when word. Put, yeah, and when you put the word on the paper... It gets mm-hmm. anchored in the third dimension, and it's mm-hmm. no longer just a you know a a a, a concept um, abstract you know in the right. cloud somewhere. So yeah, I mean there's a there's a technique that that I've taught um, called journaling, and basically right. you're just writing a script of your future right. and uh, putting yeah, in all course. the details of how it makes you feel to to have this wonderful thing happen, and the whole process is helping you to make it real. So, right. um, yeah, very much. I mean, the, these concepts are are very much uh, um, in alignment with with what we do and what we teach. And um, certainly, I, I know there's concepts in in that book that um, mm-hmm. because you have a, a bunch of sections. 
Right. I, I was taking a look at it, and and what was there? How many? Well, I call them attractions. I call them attractions. Attractions, because they're not really they're not really chapters. And also, by the way, I worked with somebody on creating my future self with breaking into brilliance just this week. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting that you brought that up, as I saw her and I saw myself in a you know five years exactly where I want to be with breaking into brilliance and where I want her to be and where I want the next step for her to be. I always talk about her as a her. And I also had my numerology done and I did my numerology for breaking into brilliance. And we had the same numbers, which really was really interesting. Oh, cool. (laughs) You you got it all working. I know. I mean, she's like my my baby, you know. She's my baby. Mm -hmm. So there's eight attractions, and I call them attractions because they're not a normal chapter. And it goes from unconsciousness to freedom. So you're working through, goes from unconsciousness, and then you get into the fire, and then you come out, and then you go to the journey out, and then you're recovering, and then finally you can get to some freedom. So you have to move through. And it's asking you... It's very playful because I have that, another Sagittarius, I have that playfulness in me and there's a childlike quality in, if you've seen any of it, I'm sure you've seen a little bit of it. And so it's also, I didn't know this, but what I've done is used in children's books. They will have it interactive and animated and voiced, but I'm using it for adults and it makes it a little bit easier to swallow maybe some of the questions that, you know, mm-hmm. or some of the things that I'm talking about. Asking people to really look at when they're so angry, when they get depressed, what promoted that and how they can move out of it so that they can get into a deeper sense of who they really are. That's oh, what that, it, that is just, it's wonderful because it's so needed. I um, know. I mean, in our work, we talk to people all over the world, and there becomes um, themes, um, patterns, and right. you know, right. um, you know, the the most common thing that we hear is um, that people have a, a feeling of urgency, like there's something they're supposed to be doing, but they don't know what it is, exactly. and they get frustrated and they fall and down and frightened and, to know what it is. They want to know, but they're frightened to know. Or they're frightened to take the responsibility of it. That's what I've seen with my yeah. students. You know, that court when when people I I saw this with my I had a who oh, it was a very big moment. I had an assistant who I was working with, and she was in my acting class, and she, I was also working with her privately, and she let go so deeply one day in the group class. Uh, in a particular um, personal monologue that she was working on, and her whole body became alive. She became alive in a way I had never seen it, and she had never felt before with acting. It was very hard for her to get back to it, very, very hard, because she felt very alive and yet very vulnerable. And I think that's one of the keys is to used to to recognize that vulnerability is an asset. It's not a problem. 
it means that you your your senses are awake you know you're you're available to yourself and to the world in a good way not in a way that oh people are going to, you know the energies are going to come at you and take you in some way but that you have more of yourself your sensorial understanding of yourself is deepened but it's very hard because most people are in a two-dimensional reality you know they get a job or they're they're ineducated to get a job they have that job they buy that house they're in their family and it's there they don't being awake is hard i guess i'll say that end with that being awake is very hard it's very hard for most people yeah well and there's you know and when you first wake up isn't there a tendency to want to go back to sleep definitely absolutely (laughs) and it's like oh no this oh no no let's take a breather you know i know because I'm always, oh, like when I'm working, the, the computer is is hard for me. And when I'm writing or when I'm doing the business of what I'm doing now with all the social media stuff and the people I'm working with for that, for breaking into brilliance, and I then have got to leave the computer and I go, the first thing I want to do is watch 10 minutes of a movie. Oh, absolutely. I just have to move out of where I was and take a break and it's partly the energy of the computer because I find it very intense. Or I will have to take a walk around the block and I just have to, you know, go. It's not going to sleep, but it's like moving into another space for about 10 or 15 minutes before I can go back. Can I'm go like back a sprinter in a long-distance <laughs> race. <laughs> and I think yeah. the, I think people can relate to it because I know when I try to talk about these things to to my students and to my clients, I say, listen, I'm not perfect. I don't know how to do this perfectly, but I've been suppressed. And I, a, 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 an awakening uh, was forced on me, or I forced it unknowingly, and I know the difference between being awake some of the time and being completely asleep. And that's, right. that's hard to teach. Well, yeah, yeah. I was like trying to teach what something tastes like. You really kind of have to taste it for yourself. Exactly. And then you'll have it, yeah. Exactly. But it's interesting because the sensory exercises, which are in the, in Breaking into Brilliance as well, I call it an online experience because, and um, what we were talking about before when I was asked if it was multidimensional, and I thought that's, very good. I, next time around, when I upgrade the book, it's going to have some holograms in it, you know. It's, uh-huh. multisens- it's multisensorial now. But these sensory exercises in, in acting work, as I said before, I think acting work is something everyone should just go take an improv, just go take some kind of a class because it puts you in the middle of who you are so strongly. And the sensory work can really help to move into the awakeness, just to demand that you see for an hour. You walk around really using your eyes, or you go to a restaurant and you, you order a really beautiful meal. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be beautiful. It has to taste delicious. 
It has to smell delicious. And you have to spend time eating. Just practice really eating and taking these, taking this in. What you see on the plate, the beauty of the colors, what you taste, what you're smelling. Feeling, you know, I do a lot of healing work just as body, do a lot of body work, yoga work, acupuncture, and chiropractic work. And that's all about dealing with the body because I had to get back into my body in a new way. And the, this feeling of touch when somebody is getting a massage, it's, it's, it's an awakening. It awakens you. I've had, I've had prior, not I'm saying everybody will have this, but I've had prior life memories having a massage. I, I can remember the moment, one of the moments that I saw that. So these, the sensory life is a very helpful way into awakening. And it's also very pleasurable. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we do have a, um, a question, um, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's from our, uh, one of our switchboard producers, Jada. And um, before we pick up your, your uh, question, Jada, I just want to tell our audience, if you are already on the switchboard and you want to have a question or a comment for Lynn, you'll need to press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air. Mm-hmm. If you're listening on the computer, then you'll have to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. And um, Jada and Fiona will get you squared away so that you can come on the air with your question. So having said that, if um, let's see, Jada, we're going to come to you next. And you can ask your question. Let me get your mic open. Okay, Jada, go ahead with your question. Hi, Hello, Jada. Hi, it's so great to hear you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed the interview. Thank you. And my question is, um, I was looking at the website multitasking while I was listening, and as I look at the different attractions, I'm curious if you find if, if someone's working through several different issues or blocks, is it easier for them to work on those one at a time? And if so, do they start with the most challenging issue first or maybe something easy so that they can learn the process and gain confidence? I have a whole page at the beginning that says, you know, how to use this, right? And okay. I think that, that people can just wander through. They can wander through it and whatever catches their eye, because whatever, you know, I, I have this amazing... Um, my very first editor was at Random House, and she was in. She left to go on her own, and she, she just was very special. She was like a poet, and she wrote me this beautiful letter ever after reading the first go through of my book. And she said, like the visuals are like a second narrative to help open things up. You know, she said it more poetically, but. Some, I think when you go through anything, like a book, and you see things, certain certain words or certain visuals will catch your eye for a very good reason, right? Because it mm-hmm. has something to tell you. And I think that that's what I'm hoping people will do. We'll just kind of wander through, and they'll, they'll see a 
a caption on a page or they'll they'll see a certain visual and that will stop them and so they'll they'll read or they'll they'll either read or they'll listen to me because I'm I voice the whole thing about that particular page and then there will be a little golden key on the on the end of the page which will open you to a workbook and they can start writing and they can bring in links so at any moment, you know, they can go to the end and start from the end and go to the beginning. It, everybody's process is very different. I've learned that from 35 years of teaching. Yes, 35 <laughs> years. <laughs> and, I mean, I can say, do this and to everybody in the class, and they will do it, but everybody will have a different way of responding to it and want to work with it in a different way, you know. And I just feel that the, the book is there. It's a There are maps at the beginning of every attraction, so you can go to particular pages if you want to. You can just read the maps. I had a marvelous time doing these maps and naming each page. And you can just read that, and that will inspire something. That's what I'm after. I'm after people to be inspired to keep going, inspired to love a moment that they caught themselves and something new happens. Mm-hmm. And they will okay. keep, they keep going. And so it helps them to go deeper, you know. And then they can come back and start at the beginning if they want. Okay. Or not. That makes or sense, not. yeah. You know? I look I forward to exploring Oh, good. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Oh, thank you. It's great talking to you, and I love your website. I'm looking forward to learning more. I think you can also go, I have actually two websites, because breakingintobrilliance.com is the book, and lynn-singer.com is, there's more there, and you can buy the book from, both of them, but but Breaking into Brilliance had to hold the book and it couldn't go on to the other website because it would have taken a year to open everything. So we had to <laughs> divide it into two websites. Okay, but perfect. Why don't you go to the... Well, go, I'm just asking you if you'd go to the other one, lynn-singer.com, because you'll, you'll get some more information sure. too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I sure will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Great to talk to you. You too. Thank you. Okay. It was a great question, Thanks, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Jada. Bye-bye. You're Jada. welcome. Bye. Jada. What a beautiful name. You've got you. some heavy names there. Ariel, and Anastasia, a... Jada. <laughs> <laughs> I love names. Well, and Jada's a beautiful woman. Mm. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, so we have another another caller in the screening room right now, so um, they'll be out in a couple of minutes here. So um, I wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about your um, your dream work, um, excluding you know the the ET intervention and the you know dream sequences and all of that, because I mean I did I, when I was in the seventh grade, I did a, a presentation on dream interpretation. I'm thinking. What were you? What were you doing? Uh, um, but I was fascinated to the point That's where that's fantastic I, I that you did, did that. that in the seventh grade. 
That is yeah. well, amazing. I, well, I've always had really vivid dreams, and and they and I remember uh, vividly what what goes on. So yeah, I mean, dream interpretation in the in the traditional you know kind of sense, um, I found it to be very very helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, even I mean, I've got I've got books with you know dream symbol interpretations, and some of them are not kind of like, nah, that doesn't seem right to me. But boy, but when they're right, they're right. Um, right, I know, yeah. Right. And it, it really, um, and the lucid dreaming, um, I, I'm with you on that. I've I've had a few, and uh, <laughs> like, whoa, I would love to do that um, more. <laughs> yeah, I had a dream yeah. that was that really was um, that's in the book. And it was sort of like an astral dream. It was sort of almost lucid, but it was more what I think, I I don't know what else to call it, but for two days I only needed three hours of sleep at night. I mean, it was so vivid and it was so sacred. The The sense of the sacredness was so powerful in that dream. And I think that I've worked with many therapists, and I've worked in, um, you know, many body work situations and um, healing and in acupuncture and in deep different kinds of massages, and dreams come back or dreams get elucidated when you're in situations. You know, I really feel, and I've been trained to feel this, I guess, but I do feel it now that the information is in the body. You know, our muscles do carry memories. And I have remembered dreams under certain certain circumstances, like in acupuncture. I will suddenly remember, oh, I had this dream. I forgot to write it down for whatever reason. And I'm, like, wondering why, you know, what are the needles working on at the moment that that dream is coming to me, right? There's some those pathways are being opened and uh, I remember I had this kind of an extraordinary um, moment when I was getting a massage from somebody who was I think he was American Indian I think he was and I I saw a prior life where the man that I was working with in therapy was a chief and I was his daughter I was his last child and it was a powerful memory. And again, because of who was working on me, I had that, right? That was brought right. up to light. Right, the and catalyst. Something, it was the catalyst, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I've also had spontaneous um, detoxification in de- uh, body detoxification, detoxes, that in the last one, which was quite recently showed me a prior life. I mean, there was a re- it was a sequence of what was going on for a few days, and there was something very dramatic that needed to come through, and it had to do with um, my learning a new way to be in business because business is very new to me. You know, I had a cottage industry with 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 voiceovers and with teaching and with acting and everything I've ever done, but I never really was in business. And so this detoxification was taking something out that was interfering with my 
not moving forward in business. It was amazing, right? But there it was. The body released it, and it was just, it was, And it was very interesting because the next day I felt a calm in me that I haven't felt since I was 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. So it's, there's, wow. you know, powerful, there's powerful ways to heal, but we have to be open to them and we have to believe in them, right? And so much of what's around us doesn't believe in that ability in us, in, right. them, in, the, in themselves. Right, and they try to take it, they try to take it away from you. Um, they try to take it away from you, but they're just taking it away from themselves, and they're running to, right. you know, and and what um, um, was it Anastasia who, who gave the or who gave the weather report and the news? Anastasia, right, Anastasia. She was talking about getting second opinions, mm-hmm. and how that was so interesting, because it's like saying to yourself you know you're not trusting what you really know and and it's like this what i heard was go out and get somebody else to talk to you about what's what this problem is because you're not trusting what you know the problem is so okay go find somebody who's going to actually tell you what it is and and that that's how i heard it that it was a mirror of of people going forward to get more correct information. And they're in a situation that is dire, so they'll actually do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a, I, was, I was shocked at the numbers. I, I was totally Only shocked 12, at the numbers. Yeah, 12% were accurate diagnoses. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, very compelling. That's, and terrifying, you know. Yeah. That every, so many yeah. people have had the misdiagnoses and they've had surgeries that are totally unnecessary. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's just part of all the stuff that's wrong in our world. But uh, right. we have our caller um, out of the screening room now. So um, you're going to be talking to Kat. And, okay. Um, yes. Okay. Hi, Kat. Good to hear from you. Hi, Ariel. Good to speak with you. Hello, Kat. And Lavender. And hi, Lynn. So good to to meet you like this. <laughs> yes, it's lovely to hear you. I'm looking forward to learning more about your your book, Breaking Into Brilliance. Well, you can you can see a trailer on the on that page, breakingintobrilliance.com. You can see a, a minute trailer, and you can get the book. It's nice. I saw it. It's delightful. I, lo- I the trailer was amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, I wanted to um, chat with you about dreams because um, I'm a channeler of dreams um, and songs. Oh, wow. Um, How wonderful. Yeah, and I, I'm just imagining you've, uh, in, you've, been, you've worked with people that do this mm-hmm. um, in acting and in the theater and mm-hmm. in music. Yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's oh, a yeah. fascinating. Matter of fact, process. one of my students is in Taos, and she's a very special spirit. And she has been, you know, she has, she just, they just come from, you know, wherever they come from. They are coming through her dreams, <laughs> and through, through the water she drinks, and through the streams that are around her, and whatever. Yes. So yeah, 
Yes, well, yes. when you were talking about, you know, just the writing process, the journaling, I, I noticed that the dreams, the songs come in dreams. I dump as much as I can um, into the phone in the middle of the night sleepily. And then if a little more needs to come in, it'll niggle me and I'll put some more on there. And then in the morning I just open up and it just comes, comes, the rest of it comes. And it starts to unfold and I have these insights about what it's about, and it's flavored with all of the world music elements that I have um, been trained in. But um, isn't that and, amazing that you have this ability, and it's so wonderful that you really are nurturing it and you know how to be with it. That's just amazing. I applaud you. Thank you. Well, I... I um. Uh, I noticed that when I start journaling, just just dumping what's coming from the mo- the morning, even if it's not a song, mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's sort of like the universe or the spirits will start saying, "Uh huh, you are paying attention. There's a channel open now," mm-hmm. and it gets oil- it gets sort of oiled, mm-hmm. you know. More the more that we just keep writing, then then this channel opens, and all of these insights come from just mm-hmm. writing. Writing, writing, writing. Right. I was, you know who John Patrick Shanley is? He's a playwright. And he had something up today. And it was just, I mean, I might have to open my computer, take too long, but it's something to look at. It's on Facebook. And he put it up. I'm sure it's on his page on Facebook. Just write to save your life. Write to save the world. Write to invent yourself. Write to do this. Write. <laughs> words are flaming out there. Take those words. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. And I'm hearing this is what you're doing. It's saving yeah, your, it saves your life. You know, writing can save your life. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. It's John Patrick. What's the last Shanley, name? Shanley. S-H-A-N. Um, Shanley, S-H-A-N-L-E-Y. He wrote Moonstruck, the movie Moonstruck. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah, and he's written a lot of plays. And he just puts things up every once in a while. But I never saw anything quite like this. This was just amazing. <laughs> and it Thank was you. for you. I think I saw oh, it for you because yay. it was just today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you you had mentioned a book earlier in your um interview um about archangel michael archangel gabriel gabriel yes gabriel and the exercises at the end of the book what Mm -hmm. what what can you say more about that one or the book you want me to tell you what yeah book is Mm, let's see you know if you i don't have the book at my fingertips i'm looking like right now for it it's called gabriel it's called archangel gabriel and okay. it's a whole book of downloads that I think Baker or his partner did. And I always was a little bit... Oh, here it is. Oh, everything's falling. <laughs> I always wanted... Because I have a very strong connection to Gabrielle. Mm. And so here it is. It's called The Second Coming. The Archangel Gabriel Proclaims a New Age. It's by Joel Anastasia. 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 (laughs) Not Anastasia, but Anastasia. A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I. 
and I think that Ron Baker was channeling. And it's a, a it's an extraordinary book. You will Wonderful. love this. You Yay. will love this. And in the back of the book are these exercises, which are very similar to um, bioenergetic exercises. I don't know if you wow. know what bioenergetics is. It's yeah. a body-based system. It's mm. a body-based system of therapy. And it's like Wonderful. people are able to look at your body. I can do a little of this, but I'm not a bioenergetic therapist. But they can look at your body and say, your mother was this, your father was this, you grew up here, um, your childhood was like this. They can just look at your structure and there's the information. Wow. Amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, it's and like so medical we, intuitive? No, it's not a medical intuitive. It's just looking hmm. at the body. Wow. It's looking at the muscular tube of the body and knowing hmm. how you have made your body into your body as a result of the effects of your family schooling society. Wow. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's very remarkable. And to medical intuition, it, I mean, I guess that it becomes a little bit like that, that you get, you know, a deep intuition about it after you've looked at so many people and whatnot. But but it is really looking at the rigidification that we carry, how rigid we become by by protecting ourselves. So we get armored. Well, yes. I loved when you said... Um when you're vulnerable, when you're vulnerable, you're more available to yourself and the world. I wrote it down. It was like you're more available to yourself. That's really beautiful. Yeah, but isn't it true, right? Yeah. When you allow that openness, you're more available to who you really are. Hmm. And I mean, I work with that. With that, I did work with that with actors for years about using that word. Like your vulnerability has got to be. And just watch the great actors. You, we can mm. learn a lot from them. I mean, the good, not the personalities, but the people who really know what they're doing. And watch how they're listening. Mm. Listening is a, an incredible tool to help us open us to ourselves. Mm. Just shut, mm-hmm. you know, it's very hard for my Sagittarius loquaciousness to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, what do you mean listen? I'm supposed to be talking. (laughs) I'm the one talking. I'm teaching all day. What do you want? (laughs) But it really is. Listening is an amazing, really, I mean, listening to the rustle of the trees, you know. Mm, I mean, things like this. It's like magic. Total magic when we calm ourselves down enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm. This has been quite a time with Star Seed Radio. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you, Lavender. Oh, Kat, Kat i got to tell you that I had a client. Thank you. Um, and um, um, Before you go, Kat, I had a client, yeah. and I quoted you. Um, your song. Cat wrote a song. Cat <laughs> wrote a song called "I'm Going to Be My Own Boyfriend." And I, oh, I right! I love that. You know. Yes. Um, well, I know. Um, a f- one of my students wrote a play that was on Broadway. I am my own wife. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so just, I just I, had to tell you, Kat, because I mean, 
just like two days ago, I was I was quoting you <laughs> for a client of mine. That just it is so brilliant, just brilliant. Thanks Thank so much Kat. for calling in, Kat. But good to Kat, hear from I you. want to tell you, I'm giving some webinars, so look out for them. If you go to lynn-singer.com as well as breakingintobrilliance.com, they they'll get up. Or if you okay. email me, I'll put you on my on my list so I can send you the dates that I'm going to be doing webinars. Oh, I would love that. Yes. How can I send you Great. my – I can send you through the contact, yeah, on your website. Lynn at lynn-singer.com. Okay, I'm there. Okay, great. Thanks. Cool. We'll do. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Kat. you, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Thank you. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks, Thanks Kat. Um, Take care. Lavendar, love to everybody. <laughs> okay. And anybody Thank listening you. can oh. call me about those webinars. I mean, email me about those webinars. I'd love to hear from them. Okay. 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 Thanks, Kat. Bye-bye. So, um, yeah, let's just, if if people want to contact you, um, for for you know whatever uh, webinars or other reasons, they can just go to um, lynn-singer.com, and mm-hmm. it's lynn at lynn-singer.com. Right, because I okay. am working. I am developing uh, workshops and different you know different ways of working with me with the book. People can do the book by themselves, or if they want to work with me, that's an option as well. That's and great. Are and are you are you still in New York? I am in the big city. The big okay, Apple. Okay, yeah, I can hear a little traffic in the background. So yeah, you could hear okay. it. I mean, yeah, it was they, like it was I saying think, yeah. she's still in New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know the area code that you're calling from is New York, but sometimes you know uh, people um, can keep the same number. But yeah, so um, do your do your workshops are in that area, or do you travel around or? Anymore? I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to have in-person workshops, but I'm also developing online courses. One will be for a month. One will be for two months, and um, it's a lot of it is going online. I work with. I work privately with people on Skype. I work in person, but I also work with people on Skype. So there. I think it's going to be moving towards a lot of online work so that I can open it up to more than just New York City or the surrounding right. area, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, you got to be global. Yeah. And yeah, also that, I have the internet. Yes. And I have traveled in the past to workshops in other countries as well as other cities and I'm sure I'll do that again as well. Cuz that's yeah, but I like it, it I like I like doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sagittarians love to travel. Oh my god, I think I love yeah. to travel almost as much as I love anything. I love not just the the I think travel is an internal journey. And travel to me is seeing, you know, again it's sensorial. It's like new sights. Uh-huh. It's new language, it's new foods, it's new people, it's new clothes, you know, it's so it's new houses. Everything is is just heightened. It's marvelous. Right, right, it's just right. Marvelous. You know, yeah, traveling, traveling in Europe um, is a real eye opener mm-hmm. because their cult, their culture, is mm-hmm. is so much different. 
I mean, a lot, it's the same in some ways, but the you know the cultural um, attitudes and um, characteristics mm-hmm. very much yeah. very much different, and and in some ways, um, I mean, kind of preferable <laughs> because the the uh, when you get into a different culture. Um, all of your old ruts aren't there. <laughs> right. You have a completely right. brand new canvas uh, to work with. So that can be it very did, Well, it also makes you wake up a little bit, and that's, yeah, a lot, because I have godchildren who are part Indian, from India, and I said to their grandmother, um, oh, well, did you move from Bombay? Where did you move from? And she got so offended. I said, well, what what just happened? She, you don't ask me questions like that. That is very private. I said, I just asked what city you moved to. You don't ask that. You don't ask. So the mores, whoa, right? Oh, yeah. Completely different set of mores. Totally. And that was pretty interesting. But, and some of them are better than, you know, what we do. Certainly. Yeah. I, I, I was uh, I went to Amsterdam a couple of times, and I was so impressed by the overt cultural tolerance. I mean, mm-hmm. the Dutch have been famous for being tolerant. I mean, that's mm-hmm. historically. But mm-hmm. when you're actually there, right? Um, I mean, it is you know, live and let live. They don't judge, um, you know, overtly anyway. So, uh, you know, I was just really really impressed mm-hmm. they ride bicycles everywhere there's no pollution in the city and i thought wow mm-hmm. and and people you know marijuana was available years and years and years ago right long before well, yeah yeah so they could, again it was like yes it was like anything it was like anything to um it was like a part you know just a part of what people would want to do you know and so right. you let them well, do it yeah. Yeah, and their attitude was, you know, if you want to do that, go ahead. You know. Exactly. I, I, yeah. The freedom. And that's uh, yeah, that that's just very very tolerant. Um and and I think that there has to be a, a um not a lot of judgment if you're going to be tolerant. I don't think those two things really go together. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely right. And we're in a we are in a, an environment here of tremendous judgment. Oh, almost nothing but Nothing Almost but. nothing but. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, Lavendar and and Tammy and myself, which is this is our what we call our three sister spin. Um, <laughs> we <we're> just <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there's a uh, and when you talk to Lavendar, um, she's she's very much aligned with Athena. So you're going to get along really well. Oh on my this gosh. Point. Oh yeah, huge. I have a big story to tell her about Athena. She will like to hear this. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. now I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I got off on that tangent. Back up you back. said oh, the three okay, of so you, we were talking, you're like yeah, three we sisters. Were, yeah, we were just you're sitting around and talking about judgment mm. and um, and people's filters. You know, mm. when, they, when they're exposed to information, they'll run it through their religious filter or their parents' right. filters or their, you know, whatever. And then we came up, I and mean, it was just dozens of them. And then it's like, what about this one? Secondhand judgment. <laughs> it's someone else's, someone else's judgment that you just adopt. 
It's not even yours, you know. And that that secondhand judgment. And there, yeah, right. So, right. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. What a, what a things to look at. So, um, we're just about ready to to wrap up here. So, is there anything else that you wanted to um, tell our audience? Oh my gosh. Well, start singing and dancing. That will help you a lot. Okay, <laughs> check. <laughs> Got that? Okay, check. <laughs> Start sing- I think singing and dancing are the most, some of the most powerful things you can do to release yourself and to feel a freedom and a wonderment. I think feeling wonderment is something that is missing. And I tried to bring that into the book that there's, I mean, I didn't even do it consciously, but, you know, because I didn't write it, you know, it came through. It just came through me. And so I think wonderment is something that that we need to have at least once a day every day to begin with. If we're not used to it, we're not happy. If we look for one thing that will make us feel wonder, that would be really, really helpful. But I would like to hear from people. Lynn Singer, lynn-singer.com. Lynn at lynn-singer.com. In my website, I just talk about a lot of different things about art, and there's podcasts, and there's blogs, and and the book is on breakingintobrilliance.com, and there's a trailer. There's a minute trailer so people can see what it is. I'm after, you know, I'm after us becoming who we are and loving ourselves and being in our power. I have one one picture of of two of the columns in the Parthenon and they've been animated to grow, to get bigger and bigger. The pillars get bigger and bigger and it's a page about owning our power. Like Athena helping us just get bigger and bigger. And in I was told or I read somewhere that in the ancient land of Mu, they greeted each other by saying, I can't remember what the word was, but it was, it meant, thank you for taking your power. So I think we, if we are all in our power and we're all respectful of beauty and each other, um, some of the madness can get released. And I'm hoping that I'm a part of doing that. That's all. Well, you have a very innovative and well-considered piece of work here, and um, we have people that are going to um, hear this show um, in the archives. They'll be downloading it later. Um, Wednesday is a huge day after you know because people are working or whatever at night, um, but there will be people all over the world that will hear this interview. And uh, we encourage you. Is this um, I should get, is this book only in English? At the moment. Okay. I'm hoping it will. It's, it's look, I'm looking for it to be translated in Hebrew because it originated in Hebrew, but I haven't gotten into translations yet, unfortunately. Okay. 
so we well, can only offer it right now. You know, it's kind of hot off the press. I I I opened it on eleven eleven sixteen. Wow. So it's, wow. yeah, oh yeah. I had I was like I wanted to turn the clock back to eleven eleven eleven, you know, but I couldn't right. do that. But yeah, I, I just like that's the day it it went live on eleven eleven two thousand sixteen. So it's just been for a few months that it's been in sort of launch, you know. Right, but it, right. But it will it will get translated. But right now there will be one. There will be. In Amazon, a soft cover version of the book and of the iJournal. And there's a coffee table version that is on blurb because the um, Amazon doesn't, it's larger and Amazon doesn't take that. So things will be coming out as we, as we go along. Things will be coming out and I hope that it will be translated sooner than later. But well, that's thank great. You. So, so they are coming attractions. They're coming. Oh yeah. I, w- <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things I want to do. To I had I have this idea of some um, improvs that are connected to the book, and I even have a story, and I've even written. I'm starting to write a children's story for adults. That's an addendum to the book. So there, there things will be, and I've been told this also. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of readings about the book, but I've been told that um, that there's some legacy that I should be training people to teach the book, and that's going to be offered too pretty soon. If anyone's interested in learning how to do that, I would love to hear from them because I'm looking to train people about how to teach the book. It's a lot, and there's only right. one of me, so I need a clone as well right. as anyone's good at that. Right. I like a clone. Right. Well, it is a legacy. And, yeah. and you know, it could, I mean, this could, with all the things that you're integrating and adding to and revising and all that, this is going to be an ongoing um, process. And so... Certainly, uh, when you've got another another layer um, launched, let us know, and we'll bring you back on the air. Oh, wonderful. Well, I think it's a living organism, so there will be <laughs> a, another, you know, another um, species coming my yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just, great. it's just, you know, it just. Yeah, thank you. I just felt I felt her. Oh my God, that was so interesting moment. I almost sensed the book as a human form in front of me, and I just had an expansion when you said that. My body expanded. My sight expanded. Wow. Thank you. Wow, that was wonderful. Oh. Thank you so much. This <laughs> has been just. This is way over an hour, I believe. Right? Where are we? Um. Yeah, well, we're we're just about out of time. Um, okay. We don't always we don't always fill the whole show, but um, we're whirling good. So I just want to thank yes. you so much no, for, just, for spending just, your time with us and oh, sharing your wonderful. work with, with I our didn't audience. mean in any way that that it was you know difficult. I meant that wow. I think we've I think we've been. It just flew. It was like I was out of time well, and space, and all absolutely. of a sudden. Yeah. You know, and I always, wonderful. I always say that's a mark of a great guest is when the time flies and it's like, oh, my gosh, 
we're almost out right. of time. Right, you know? right, right. So that, right. yeah, and you're definitely in that category. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being with us oh, this evening. Oh, my pleasure. This has been extraordinary, really an extraordinary wow. talk. And I just feel like I've just not, it's not felt like an interview to me. I just felt like I was chatting with people that I've known for a long time. That's right. Well, um, we're family. We yes. are family. Yes, and it's just yes. been a pleasure to um, re-meet you. <laughs> so, yes. Thank you so much for being on the show, for the work that you're doing. And please, you know, make sure you talk to Lavendar, and um, we'll we'll schedule when you're ready to come back. We'd love to have you on again. I would love to come on again. And um, I'm just extending, you know, my hand out to your audience to just contact me and see what we can do together. Be wonderful. Well, I'm sure they will. I'm and sure I would will. love to pretty... come back. I would definitely love to come back. This has been okay. wonderful. It's been a joy, actually. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Well, I'm just giving you a big old hug until, yes. Uh, yes. until that future moment <laughs> when we speak again. Okay. So, everybody, check out Breaking Into Brilliance and. Uh, BreakingIntoBrilliance.com. Uh, .com. That's right. Mm-hmm. .com. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, we thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. And until then, remember to count your blessings every day. Look for the wonderment and the beauty every day. Mm. Until next time, good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.